What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you've been waiting for the last year for me to put out an episode, thanks very much for your patience. If you're one of the many people who sent me emails and messages asking when I was going to start it up again, I really appreciate it. It was so nice to hear that so many people had been enjoying the podcast and wanted me to start putting out new episodes. So before jumping into it, I wanted to give you some information about my plans and how often you can expect new episodes. For the last few months, I've been traveling around Latin America. It's been great. I've got to visit some of the places which we've talked about in these episodes, and some other places which we'll talk about in the future. Some highlights were the Maya ruins of Yaschilan and the murals at Bonampak. I went to Veracruz, that first city that Hernan Cortes founded. I've recently been to San Agustin, the mysterious ruins here in Colombia built by an unknown indigenous people. And a couple of months ago, I was in Cartagena, which will become one of the most important cities in the Americas. My travels here have no end date. I think we're looking at at least a few more months, if not more. This, of course, has an effect on producing a podcast. Often, I'm spending long stretches of time on buses. And when I do get to a place, obviously, I want to go out and see it. Sometimes I'm in noisy places, which makes it difficult to record. I'll do my best to ensure that the sound quality stays as high as possible, but sometimes there may be dips. Anyway, I do plan to get back to a regular schedule of releasing episodes. The good news is, I've already written a script for five more. I will aim to put an episode out every two to three weeks. 
but I can't promise completely that I'll stick to that. If you've listened to any of the back catalogue recently, you may have noticed that in the last week, I'm afraid adverts have appeared. I've never made any money from this podcast. In fact, I've put quite a lot into it, paying for hosting fees. I apologise for the inconvenience, but I need to make the podcast break even, if I am to justify doing it. While I've been away, I've also had a couple of emails from people asking how they can donate some money. I really, really appreciate that. It's such a nice thought. I've never been able to accept donations, and I've never got round to setting them up. I've recently changed hosting platforms, however, and the new one has this option. In the notes for this episode, I'll put the link, so that if anyone is interested, they can. So with all that out of the way, let's pick up where we left off with the conquest of Peru. And as it's been so long, here's a brief recap of what's happened so far. In part one, we introduced the trio who will make the conquest happen. Francisco Pizarro, Diego de Almagro, and Hernando de Luque. All three were knocking about in Davila's Panama colony, and they had formed an alliance to conquer the largely unknown lands to the south. They had been planning this for several years, and they had already launched two unsuccessful attempts. In the first one, they had made it as far as the Colombian coast, but they found themselves undermanned and unprepared. They were pushed back by a local indigenous people, who had already been incorporated into the Inca Empire. Pizarro had suffered several wounds in the process. During the second attempt, they got a bit further, but again they found they did not have enough men. Pizarro allegedly made a dramatic speech to persuade 13 of the soldiers not to give up, and they waited for reinforcements from an increasingly sceptical governor of the Panama colony. Once these arrived, they sailed further south than they had managed before, and they came into proper contact with the Inca Empire. Limited by a six-month time frame imposed by the governor, and realising that they were facing an advanced, organised and vast empire, they sailed back to Panama with the intention of trying again. Pizarro decided that the only way they were going to get the required backing was to go over the head of the new governor of Panama and directly to the king. He sailed back to Spain and successfully persuaded the king to provide money and royal approval. With this, he returns, with an army and a new title, Governor of New Castile. This gave him total autonomy from Panama. Meanwhile, as Nick Machinsky of the History of the Inca podcast explained in the last episode, go and have a listen to his podcast if you want to know more about pre-contact Inca civilization. The Inca were engaged in a civil war, as two brothers fought each other to succeed their father. Just as the Spanish were arriving, one of the brothers, Atahualpa, defeated the other, Huascar, and he took control of the empire. He had not, however, had time to reunite it and assert his authority. He certainly hadn't had time to prepare it for an invasion. What's more, he did not have the leadership abilities of his father. So the stage was set for the Spanish to make their third and final attempt to conquer Peru. If their previous attempts had been rushed and ill-planned affairs, which didn't last long, this would be quite the opposite. Pizarro left Panama in January 1531, and he arrived in Peru a few months later, 
He was pretty much in charge by this point, and he seemed to have learned his lesson from the previous expeditions. This time he would move slowly and carefully. He landed at Tumbes, a city he had found on his second expedition, and this time, rather than rushing inland, he set about gathering intelligence and allies. He must have been surprised by what he found. The previous expedition had been marked by a realisation that the land they were trying to conquer was controlled by a powerful empire. The only similar political entity the Spanish had encountered in the Americas so far had been the Aztec. The Tumbes they had seen last time was a bustling city, connected to the empire by a network of roads. Now Pizarro found it ravaged by civil war, and it took him some time to ascertain what exactly had happened in the years he'd been away. Buildings were in ruins, and the population had shrunk dramatically. Being the ruthless conquistador that he was, this must have excited Pizarro. A disunified and disease-ravaged empire is one which is not operating at full strength, and it presents opportunities which can be exploited. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. As well as his own title, many of the men who accompanied him had already been given their own positions, complete with yet unconquered land. Some of these had been positions in the city, which Pizarro planned to build over the top of Tumbes. He concluded, however, that there was now no point founding the first Spanish town in Peru here. There was not enough left to repurpose. He instead set off southwards to find a new place to base himself. A few hundred kilometres along the coast, he founded the first Spanish settlement in the region, San Miguel de Piura. I mentioned that he was now pretty much in charge, and this decision was another step in the path towards alienating his former partners. Being the one in Spain talking to the king, Pizarro had had an opportunity to present himself as the leader and ensure that the bulk of the spoils would go to him. It must have created tension among the trio when he came back as sole governor of this new land. Now again, the other two found themselves sidelined as they were not physically present in Peru. Now that they had royal backing, Luque's job, to use his connections in Panama to obtain financing and support, was obsolete, and he was pushed to the side. Being a priest and not a conquistador, there was little he could do about this. He had been promised the position of Bishop of Tumbes, but with Pizarro's decision not to colonise the city, Luque lost this position as well. De Almagro had been instructed to stay behind and gather more troops. Pizarro had only managed to gather 180. He would not arrive until 1533. He had been promised the palace in Tumbes as his personal property, but now, of course, he would lose out on that. Pizarro gathered as much information as he could from the residents who remained in the region. He discovered that Huayna Capac was dead, 
and that the two brothers, his sons, had been fighting each other. The people who inhabited Tumbes had sided with Huascar. He was by now pretty much defeated, so it had suffered the consequences. The war had taken the soon-to-be-victorious brother, Atahualpa, up to the north of his empire, and he was actually relatively close to Pizarro at that moment. Pizarro decided that the best course of action was to face Atahualpa directly, and so he started marching his men inland, up into the Peruvian mountains. This was, of course, a very risky strategy. He had so few men, and despite the fragile state of the empire, it was still vast, with a lot more soldiers than he had. Audaciously going directly to the person who held power did, however, have a precedent of succeeding. Although there were twists and turns along the way, Cortes had used a similar strategy in Mexico, capturing Moctezuma and using him to ensconce the Spanish in Tenochtitlan. Pizarro had also seen it used, and had been involved with using this tactic in Central America, where the Spanish would often capture a local cacique and either take their territory or use them to influence surrounding peoples. Compared to that, though, the scale of this was much grander. Atahualpa knew he was there. At all times he knew where Pizarro was going, and he was receiving information about these strange newcomers. I have read conflicting reports about how Pizarro behaved on his march. Some say he had a policy of behaving himself, in order to win local peoples over to his side against their Inca overlords. Others say that he was taking what he wanted from the settlements he passed, and doing it by force. Either way, the arrogance of these newcomers must have caught Atahualpa's attention. He judged, quite understandably, however, that he had much more pressing issues to deal with, so he would simply monitor the Spanish for now. There were so few of them. Huascar was in the very north of the empire, in today's Ecuador, and while he was on the back foot, Atahualpa couldn't really relax until the issue was completely resolved. He was intently listening to the information coming back from his armies about what the latest developments were. He also had to get on with the task of rebuilding a fractured empire. He was, in effect, touring his state, showing people that he was in charge and worthy of being so. He needed people to see him and to agree that he should be supported, that he could bring them peace, stability and wealth. He also needed to punish those who had supported Huascar and reward those who had supported him. In short, his legitimacy, and with that, his grip on power, was still shaky. It would take time and work to make it firmer. As the Spanish were marching, Atahualpa received the news he'd been waiting for. Huasca had been beaten at the Battle of Chimborazo, and he had made his way south to the Inca capital, Cusco. Nearby, at a place called Quipaipan, the decisive battle took place, and Huasca was captured. As long as no other challenges emerged, the civil war was over. With this, he turned his attention to the Spanish. Pizarro had discovered that a couple of thousand of Atahualpa's men were stationed up the road, so he sent Hernando de Soto ahead to meet with him. The meeting appeared to have been friendly enough, 
and messages from Atahualpa arrived with gifts and an invitation to meet him at a town today called Cajamarca. Pizarro agreed, but first he returned to San Miguel and then headed south along the coast, gathering information and support from the local groups who were, to some degree, anti-Atahualpa. Then he marched up to Cajamarca. You've been listening to the Latin American History Podcast, written and recorded by Max Sargent. For more information, visit the website, www.maxargent.com slash thehistoryoflatinamerica. And that's spelt M-A-X-S-E-R-J-E-A-N-T. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to get in contact at historyoflatinamericapodcast at gmail.com. You can also find the Facebook page by searching for the Latin American History Podcast. The Twitter handle is at HistoryLatinAM. And if you've liked the show, you can help out by leaving a review on iTunes. Alternatively, if you visit the website, you'll see that each episode is accompanied by relevant photos. Most of these are my own, taken during my time in Latin America. All these photos and more are available to purchase as prints at my Etsy shop. You can find this at www.etsy.com slash photo. That's spelt www.etsy.com slash M-A-X-S-E-R-J-E-A-N-T photo. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.